0: Hello and welcome back Boneheads, this is Rich and I'm joined by Ben.
1: Hey everybody, on today's episode, episode 11, we're talking about running leagues, shaking up the teams and the usual games, hobby and star players. Okay, so over to news. Rich, what have you got for us this week? We've got a couple of bits on Kickstarter. For the first time in what feels like forever. Ah, happy 2019.
0: I know. Um, the first one is actually one that we covered before. Uh, a samurai team. Uh, so, Japanese themed. From Zenit Miniatures. It seems like you pulled it about halfway through last time. Um, if I remember rightly, it was in amongst a load of other Kickstarters at the same time. So yeah. it just struggled.
1: We did have a busy period.
0: Yeah, and I think they were a smack bang in the middle of
1: all of that. So, um, they've started again. They've already funded... That's which awesome. is fantastic. Okay, we've um, got them here. It is Samurai Team Fantasy Football on Kickstarter.
0: Yeah, so I think they've reduced the price as well. Um, It's £43 for a full team of 15 miniatures.
1: Now you see, that is much better than some of the other ones we've seen. Yeah,
0: because we, others we're, we're looking at 60 minimum plus postage and packaging. And That's it. It's €15 normally, isn't it? Or, yeah. or thereabouts for it to, to get to us. But we're looking at four blitzers, six linemen, two throwers, two catchers and an ogre. Or an only type of creature, um, like a monster creature in Japanese culture, isn't it? Oh wow! That, so
1: is that a different one than last time?
0: Yes, yeah, that is. But I think they've they've had a rethink and a redo completely on it. And well the, the fact that they're funded already with another couple of weeks to go is evidence that it's it's hit the mark this time. They've got not many stretch goals uh, available to unlock coach and a couple of star players, but they've got a load of add-ons instead. So they've got shield bearers, which I'm guessing means that you could turn this team into a Pretonian if you so wished. The shield bearer, four up, so actually, so you get four shield bearers. They're actually new. They're they're new, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're completely separate. They're separate, so you, separate models. Yeah. So if you, I think it's if you're looking to to have a, an alternative, yeah, then you can plug them in. Um, Apothecary can be added on for four or five euros, from remember <laughs> rightly. Um, an Ogre star player or another Oni type of star players in there. Um, turn
1: markers. That type of thing, um, the star player is only 12 euros and it's massive, it's huge. <laughs> I'm assuming that's resin, then that's yeah, yeah. The ogre itself is brilliant, and again, it looks massive. Yeah, each of these players is slightly taller than the, the normal blood Bowl models. Yeah, but, I like this. Yeah, they've
0: given a little size comparison, so oh, it's,
1: it's really good really good. Yeah. Move. It's
0: showing you on there that what the, the lineman is compared to, to the big guys, and it's phenomenally <laughs> huge compared to it. Um, but it has got a, a human lineman, um, alongside a a samurai lineman, which is handy.
1: So it's the lineman that's kind of a little bit hunched over. So they're probably about the same height. The samurai chaps look a little a bit little bit thinner. Oh. That ogre is a good inch taller than a human, and uh, <laughs> it's absolutely it's massive. It looks like one of the privateer press trollkin. Yes, to that size. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I'm, I did. It's sort of Asian culture isn't something that really sort of interests me as such. But I'm, I'm really happy to see a team that's at a bit more reasonable value.
1: The, yeah, the cost is good. The shipping Shipping's fifteen euro, so you are talking what, fifty five quid to have it all posted to you? So that's fifty five pounds, and that is with an ogre, a bunch of players. That's yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And uh, yeah,
0: it was it, it made me happy. <laughs> it mm. did make me happy to actually see that and they're they're well on their
1: way to reaching their first stretch goal. Well, they're at three thousand five hundred and fifty five pounds against a target of two thousand six hundred and twenty five, so they're they're sorted, they've still got 13 days to go, so this podcast will be out before before they fund.
0: Yeah, so we're looking, I think it's a 4K that they're they chucking a coach. So so it's
1: yeah. just going to get better. Yeah, it's going to get better. No. So if you like your Japanese culture,
0: these are nice little miniatures.
1: Good execution. Mm. Um, I'm not a fan of, well, there's just so many human teams, so it's not my, it's it's good, it is good, but not for me. No, I think it's it,
0: it definitely fills a, a niche. You've got to, to want an alternative human team, and you've got to like Japanese culture in order yeah. to to really put your money in on this. But to be
1: fair, if I was looking for an alternative and I had well, sixty it.
0: quid burn in all in my pocket, this I'd is the get that. yeah,
1: this is the kind of team that you go to a tournament and you play against someone running it. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, that is a cool team. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's a yeah, it, it's a it's a wonderful little one-off that you won't see very often. I don't think at all.
1: So that is the Samurai Team Fantasy Football on Kickstarter. Yes. What else? So there is Gobham Asylum by Gasper's Arts. Okay, that's G-O-B-H-A-M Asylum. Yeah. The Evilist fantasy football goblin team on Kickstarter. So
0: they are doing a full goblin team. <laughs> nine line gobbos, six secret weapons, and two trolls for £57, either okay. in metal or in resin. The sculpts are based off of DC, mostly the villains. You're talking Penguin, Joker, Harley Quinn okay Um, mad hatter things like that they look like they could be quite interesting but i'm fairly disappointed because they haven't given any finalized painted miniatures
1: yeah i can see i mean the sculpts look really good and they're old school sculpting as well isn't it so Mm -hmm. you've actually got all the masters here with green stuff and millipart and everything they look really well done and they look their style is fantastic yes yeah um they look a bit tall for goblins.
0: I think it might be the way they're being photographed and the fact they've all got some level of hat. <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds. The Bane Troll is quite entertaining. The Bane Troll's good. I like the Croc. Yeah. The Killer Croc, the croc is great as well. So There's an ogre in a crocodile onesie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, the it's Bat fantastic. Coach is brilliant. The Bat Coach is great. I mean, that's one of the stretch goals. Um, no, I think that's a lie. If you order that team early enough,
1: they um, they give you the coach. For free. I just want to buy the coach. That's fantastic. Um, oh, this I saw the uh, markers on Facebook earlier. Oh, yeah. They literally um, came out about half an
0: hour, yeah. 45 minutes ago. It's different. The stretch goals include balls, markers, cheerleaders, special dice, um, which, again, we spoke about before, where people are trying to put more than one thing on a die. Mm. And they're, they're doing the same again here, and I think it's just going to cause confusion. Because I looked at that going, I don't really know what i uh, This is the green dice with... Yeah, yeah, yeah all of that so it, it, yeah it kind of it, it feels a little bit rushed for me and they've kind of gone <laughs> we want this out we want this out now and it's gone which I mean they've got a history they've done 70 odd teams yeah and um, in my head the Chaos Dwarf team is right. probably the better one that I've seen and one when I was looking for when I Bash Randles was one I was potentially looking at the buy until I realised that they wanted actually quite a bit of money but 57 quid for a team that should, you will get, Casper's aren't gonna that, stuff yes, you over for it, they're gonna f- fulfill it. That's a really good point. You've got security
1: there, right?
0: Fifty, About 50 pounds, 57 euros. They are either Spanish or Portuguese, I think, as a company. So you're going to be looking at 10 to 15 euros
1: yeah, delivery, yeah. Again, it's hits that price point, like you said, the 70 to 80 pounds point, yeah, which for a novel team novelty team if you want one and it's really special and it's like so for DC fans mm. this is DC Blood Bowl fans this is probably the one for them I, I like the I Star like Wars it. ones we saw the other week yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. you didn't like that no but, but
0: actually, I, to be fair I like these quite a yeah. bit and um, I, I like my DC I like my superheroes um, the the Joker Bomber I think is, he's the Bomber that it's, is very it's cool. my personal favourite because he's got the Heath Ledger feel um, yeah he's got the yeah that's that's very fair so I hope it goes well because at the moment they're struggling a little uh,
1: £1,097 against a target of 2625 so they're not even halfway they've got 11 days to go Um, again I think this podcast will be out before so if you're hearing it go and give them a look because it
0: might be the team for you yeah. yeah I agree I mean they're definitely worth a shout hopefully before the end they're going to show us a couple of painted ones which I think will make the world of difference on this that's it for models. In relation to other announcements, I want to talk about Marlable a little bit more.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because
0: it's um it's coming up in a couple of weeks. We are sponsoring it. And we've officially started deciding on prizes and the like and what we're doing. So I want to see more people there. I know we enjoy it. I know we've, we've mentioned it two or three times now in the last couple of episodes. But um we are giving away some of our Bow and Pod minis as spot prizes across the rounds. Yeah. So we haven't decided exactly how that's going to work. <laughs> but we'll work with Sean and go, yeah. if you do this, this round, you're going to get yourself a, a, a miniature, a two-headed ogre miniature, um, just for, for the giggles. We're going to be doing, or you are going to be casting a pitch. I am indeed, for Wobble Workshop tiles, yeah. hopefully. We're aiming to do that via um, a Best Fluff, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we want everybody to come up with some sort of background story to their team, who they are, where they come from why they've turned out the way they are, why they look the way they are. Or just the most effort that's gone into converting a team. There is also that. Mm. So I should be walking home with that, that pitch, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be <laughs> fair, your team is looking pretty good. It is it's getting there. But um, mind you, Tom, who we met um, of two drunk flings, friendship. The um, halfling player. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: he's been putting some work in on some of his Yeah. I'm just looking forward to seeing all the teams. I can't wait. And seeing what people have put in and, and how it's how they've how they managed to pull off the special teams themselves. Yeah, very true. And um, we've got a, a couple of extra special
0: announcements as well, which, which tie in with Marnabal. So we're doing a, a couple of extra prizes, one for everybody, which is a, a discount code for, for one company, which both listeners of, a, of the podcast and the um, participants in Marnabal are all going to be entitled to, to the discount code. Um, I'll come to that in a bit more detail in a sec. And we are doing a £25 voucher for um, another company uh, as top prize for winning Stunty Cup. That's awesome. <laughs> so as of this week, last week or so, um, we've made contact with a couple of companies, which one of them I've followed since almost they they first sort of created themselves, They first um, the first inception <laughs> um, as such, um, and one of which we both used for products. In the past I think you have. I have indeed. Uh, the first one in, um, he came back to us and, and we had a good chat with was um, Counter-Attack Bases. Now these guys um, have done two lots of custom dice for me, one for my Rooks, one for my Monsoon, um, and they've done some some dice for you fairly recently yeah, as well. Yeah, I got the Black Star dice and they just look great. Yeah, I came across them just out of chance. There was a lot of sort of everybody saying, "I'll oh, go Chess X, do this, go do that, and I wanted to try and support someone who is smaller, British, and just, you know, keep it keep it home, keep it loyal, if that makes sense. Came across these guys, and, and he was just fantastic. Like the, the turnaround from um, um, first inquiry to delivery was less than a week, I think. The dice are cheap. We're doing, I think it's a minimum of 15 or 20 dice. And you're talking a pound of dice. Loads of different colours, loads of different... Um,
1: the quality is brilliant. The price is brilliant. The turnaround was really good as well. I was yeah. really, really happy and very surprised with the quality of the products. I was flying over the moon. So when you said that uh, you'd had a chat with them and they were happy to play ball, really, really pleased because they are a great company, yeah. um, and we just want the best things for them because and and for anybody who buys things from them.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, um, as a as a gesture for like the the start of this relationship, he's doing a discount code for for everybody. Like I said, who's, who's listening? Bonehead Feb. B-O-N-E-H-E-A-D-F-E-B, all in capitals on his site. Gives you a 10% discount on anything and everything there. He is also going to be doing some Blood Bowl accessories. He wants to do range rulers and stun stun markers and things like that. And I I mentioned that I wanted a fame coin. (laughs) So I'm hoping that I might be able to get myself the the fame plus one, fame plus two coin just as a... That's a brilliant little ditty. So we'll be using him for our um, tournaments as well for any dice that we use for giveaways or for, for prizes and things like that um, so any sort of dice that come via a bonehead sponsored tournament or a bonehead tournament themselves will be from counter attack bases if you haven't heard about them have a look go give them a like show them a bit of bonehead love and um, go order something make use of the, um, the discount code it's only there till the end of it so that was the first of our two sponsors it was the second one is one that I, I I'm very excited by them they're doing great Um, versatile terrain now these guys provide nameplates, they provide nameplates for bases, so different style of base uh, of plates, different style of fonts, but literally you can have the name of your player across the base. And they do it for, for a number of different um, uh, games, so they'll do it for the, for the big things on Kill Team and, and AT
1: and things so, like that. So the first thing that gets when you get to the website is a picture of some Orlocks from Necromunda with the names on the front. Yeah. Um, yeah, really love what these guys do. It's it's fantastic.
0: They produce over nine thousand frames now. Nine thousand plates and delivered them out. So they've been around a year. Yeah. And they have produced and delivered over nine thousand of these little name plates. They have been featured in Ford World Facebook posts as well. For people who are putting it on there and yeah, that makes submission photos. And they're brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So we've got um, an initial sort of relationship with those guys and um, it's going to run for a short period initially, sort of like a couple of three months and see how things go. But they are providing £25 vouchers <laughs> as well for us to be able to, to give away to you guys. Unfortunately, the the first one isn't going to be for, for general listeners. You're going to have to make your way to Manabol and you are going to have to win the tournament. In order to be able to, to gain this
1: wonderful prize, so the winner of the Marne Bowl Stunty Cup will have twenty five pound gift voucher for their starter ring. Yes, absolutely brilliant.
0: Which is great. And I, I would love to be able to to see that team at the next Marne Bowl, all named up. Is is Jeff the Squig, six casualties <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. So um, there will be a, a couple more vouchers um, uh, coming out over the next sort of couple of months, and and we'll think of um, ways of being able to get those out to you guys as well but yeah very excited to be able to to kind of start a next part of the journey with the podcast to be honest 10 episodes down
1: and see what the next 10 episodes can bring that's versatile's UK for the nameplates and the counter-attack bases for
0: custom dodge. dice
1: and other gubbins and future blood bowl accessories absolutely brilliant so that's it for sponsors and for prizes that and we're doing prizes. at Monobol, yeah. we also currently have a competition at the moment. Say competition, it's a giveaway. It's just a giveaway. Uh, we're just inviting you guys to share our post on Facebook or on Twitter. We'll make sure there's a, a nice Twitter post that you can quickly share up there as well. And when we do episode 12, yep. in about two weeks' time, we will run them off, put a name out of the hat for anyone who's shared those posts, and they will win a £20 Felt Forge gift voucher. And the last thing to talk about in news is we've had a couple of people want shout-outs for some tournaments. So, just very quickly. Okay, the first one I've uh, had to say several times. The Oklahoma Bowl in Oklahoma, creative name, <laughs> on the 16th and 17th of March. Apparently, Pete Nifton is going to be in attending as well, he which is. is a very cool thing. Love to meet that. Man. Now, the Oklahoma Bowl has been going on for a long time. On the other podcasts that are out there for Blood Boy you can hear about it so I'm confident that'll be a really run and really well run and really fun event so if you are available then I do recommend you go because I'm sure it'll be a, a heck of a time yeah if it was closer I'd love to yeah it's a bit of a drive just a bit and a swim um, <laughs> there is the Big Lick Brawl
0: yeah Big Lick Brawl Blood Bowl tournament. and um, this one is, um, on the 9th of March, so not far away at all. But they are based in Southwest Virginia. Yeah. Um, exactly where? I'm not entirely sure. But I've seen, um, I've definitely seen that logo once or twice previously. So, um, but they reckon it's going to be the greatest Blood Bowl event <laughs> to hit Southwest Virginia. Um, which is great. So if anybody's go, if anybody's nearby and they've got nothing to do on that, the 9th of March, a couple of weeks time, head on down there. And the last one we've got to mention
1: is the coffee cup on the 25th of August this year in Sutton, Bengal, which turns out is a real place, in Wiltshire, (laughs) which is only about an hour and a half from us. It is. Which is quite cool. Now, this is a very different um, event, which is a 24-hour Blood Bowl event, which I think is going to be absolutely awesome. I don't know if we'll be able to attend. Uh, we might pop by and say hello.
0: We could definitely pop by. <laughs> I, I won't be able to to wing it with the wife, so I can stay away for, for
1: twenty four hours. Ah, bring bring all four kids; it'd be great. <laughs> They'd love to be up all night. Randall would. Randall definitely. Randall would. definitely. So those three events are going on. Plus, we've also got the Mana Bowl on the twenty third of February. So anybody who's uh, around in Birmingham, please come along. It'd be great fun. We have got the Bonehead Bowl. We have in June, at the very end of June, and we've got the Tombstone Tournament coming up on the 26th of October.
0: October.
1: So as these events come up a little bit closer, we'll give more details and and we'll try and push them as much as possible, but just go to whatever you can, have a great time playing Blood Bowl. Enjoy it. Right. So games, hobby and painting. Rich, what have you been up to? Games-wise, not a huge amount. We played last week. Was it last week we
0: played? Was that us? <laughs> it's not saying it was memorable. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was us.
1: We played on Monday. We M- played last week. We we played that last was, was confusing. Yeah. It wasn't on
0: Tuesday. Yes. So,
1: um, yes, we played last week, and you thrashed me three 0 That was a that was a scary, scary game because your monsoon renegades, yes, were coming off an abs- absolute slaughtering of James's elves. Yes. In the local in the local league. Two deaths, four injuries. Yeah. His next game, he had, like, hardly any players. Yeah. So <laughs> Now, I run Skaven, and I've got a couple of Death Star players, which are, like, age 25. <laughs> they can fly. But it's it's broken. And every time I play a game, I'm just waiting for one of them to die. Yeah. And when I play it against your team, with your, well, the Monsoon have a heck of an injury thing. I was like, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. <laughs> But we're in the, we're in the league and I was 4-0 and I needed that extra win because I'm in the same division as multiple award-winning painter Ian <laughs> with his, um, his, his Amazons. And um, I needed that win and unfortunately I got very lucky. You got very unlucky. There were a lot of ones for me. That's uh, crazy. And you ran Lude Grip. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's your favourite star player really for yeah. Chaos, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. And he just wasn't able to do anything for you that game. No. I think that was the huge benefit I got away. That was the edge that gave me was that Lugrub just didn't perform um, I don't know whether it was the ball just never got close to him and when it did I wrestled him down yeah I mean there was one at the beginning I gave the ball to him
0: and yeah you wrestled him down yeah, yeah. Um, which was um, unfortunate but expected because it's it's the way you play. I think it was about a six-day uphill <laughs> block that I Um But yeah, it just it it didn't work out. My my ideas of what I wanted to do just didn't really pan out. And every time I needed to bring a a
1: big guy in for support or to blitz, it just it never worked out. I think I do think there's a bit of a rock-paper-scissors element to block ball teams, and I think the renegades have a real hard time against Gaven. Yes, because they are they are slightly less fragile than ours. Mm-hmm. Skaven so they're slightly less vulnerable to the supreme bash that Chaos Renegades bring now yours is nice and leveled up and they're a very very good performing team and what's the what are you on 4 and 2 for the Renegades
0: um, yes
1: which again which in our league is, is really good mm. so I think it's just that Skaven have the positional edge because they've just got the chaff and the chaff don't do anything so you take out 4 of my guys they're all linemen yeah. It doesn't it, I don't need them to score. I think that's the edge that you get playing yeah. with Skaven against renegades. Yeah.
0: And there were there were a couple of times where I was like, oh I can throw the no,
1: you you took the goblin out. And that was the other thing, I couldn't oh, get yeah. the guys back on the pitch. That was that well, that was huge, but the fact that Goblin wasn't available <laughs> yeah. was massive. I it's genuinely huge. think it that the, the best player on your team is the Minotaur. Yes. Then it's the goblin. Yeah. And um he just you know... Cheeky KO at the beginning was no he I didn't even take him out, he fell over. He fell over. He fell over, was out for the game.
0: And literally for the whole game. That was it. He oh. came back on, you injured him. <laughs> was it gone? <laughs> Not badly, thankfully, he comes no, back. No, no, no. Gags, I don't, or survives a lot don't think I
1: did any serious
0: injuries. I think they were all just badly hurt. Oh, I've got one niggling injury. Oh, fair enough. Just the one. Um but my mind's all got a couple more casualties. Yes, he did. Mirror's blood horners. Every game. Every game, two or three yeah. a game he gets. So yeah, so it was it was a
1: It was a good game but it just didn't work for me at all. It was a tough game. You got bad rolls. I got lucky with some of my rolls and um, yeah, game over. (laughs) Who else have you played against anyone? Was that the only game you've game. since the last episode? I've done a
0: little bit of um, video game Blood Bowl. Uh, Cheeky Um, bit of BB2? Cheeky bit of
1: BB2. I did see that you bought a goblin today. I did.
0: For the Orc team? For the Orc team Uh, which I only play against AI because I can guarantee a... Oh. quick again and they don't rage quit <laughs> unsurprisingly oh, you've had some awful time of rage quitting oh, yeah. but he's got a very unfortunate name oh yes which
1: I won't repeat because no. it's not that type of podcast I'll have to edit it out but um, it, is, it is a squeak something uh. it is a squeak something uh. was that and a random name was it was random, random <laughs> literally, as I went
0: because <laughs> at, the, at the beginning when you go to buy it yeah, it'll, it's positional and it tells you what name it's going to be and I double check so if it's rubbish I'll go in and sort um, of yeah. randomise it yeah and I went to go into it and I went, no, keeping. And <laughs> I kept it. But it, it's not a child-friendly name at all. And it did make me chuckle. So uh-huh. I, I shared it with you guys. That's a great positional. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than that, I've done painting. Yeah. I
1: almost finished my Forest Goblins. That's awesome. Almost there. So you've got um, two weeks on this Saturday, is the tournament? Two weeks to Saturday and they will be done. Yeah. Have you based them yet? yeah all but the, the two absolutely brilliant so they're all based well done I've and colour coded yeah you've colour coded the positionals as well which is great um, clearly you were listening to the episode we did on tournaments I was I yeah. was I had to be reminded by Milton <laughs> <laughs> well it's like we said it's important to make it as easy for everybody to play as possible yeah. especially at a chaotic tournament like the yeah. Um so awesome great job with that I played two games. Played one against you, and then I played Alex, um, another Skaven player from a local league. And it was a really tight game. Yeah. He, we opened up. He got a defensive touchdown against me. Oh wow! Yeah. So spent the first, most of the first half behind by one, knowing that I was kicking second half as well. Wow. He did a brilliant job with that, but I managed to pull out a quick two turn at the end of the first half. I, well, I think it was a, I, I stalled right to the end. Right. And then um, managed to get the defensive touchdown, maybe turn six of the second half. So it was a 2-1. Uh, I, I got the win, yeah. but it was really hard fought. And he is a punishing player as well. He's really improved over the last couple oh, of seasons. He, he really has. Um, it's funny because him and his, his dad, Dan, go to our club. And I don't think either of them really had a great first season, but they are now. They've got some brilliant, they've got two brilliant teams. Yeah. Dan is absolutely destroying people with a very well-skilled-up hawk team. Yeah. And Alex just, he's matured as a player. Yeah, He doesn't go for all the fouls, just because it's funny. <laughs> although it was funny, he has the credit of in his second game fouling James's death roller off the pitch. It was fantastic. It was awesome. And the first game, I think he beat Craig 4-1. He did, and, yeah. and, and obliterated and the team was as well, it. I that think. That season was over for the Elves. Yeah. So they're both some great players with some great teams, and it was a really, really tight match. I think it's the closest match I've played this season. I was kind of like, oh no, <laughs> I need these points to get <laughs> him through. But I, I, well, I got very lucky, um, and Buzz Justice did some carnage. Got as a few casualties, yep. Yep, yeah. yeah. so now I'm sitting at 6-0. Six nice. Two games left to play, and I think Ian is... Five one and two no five five one one I think. Five, one, one. So I need to play him and beat him. Yeah. Or draw. Or draw. And um, yeah. should be able to get into the finals. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to be able to get the monsoon through. I think you're top of two divisions
0: at the moment. I am top of two divisions. Yeah. <laughs> With the rooks and the monsoon. Um. Although when um I, I I believe that the rooks are going to be overtaken by the lizards. Uh, Lewis's lizard team, Levis's who did Levis. get into the final last season. They did. Um, it would be a deserved. Mm. Um, overtake so yeah I'm top of two divisions at the moment but I I think it's soon to be hopefully staying on one and I've got I believe the deciding match tomorrow oh is this your game against James James so I'm playing Zales again Um, this is the team that you destroyed the week before it was the team destroyed the week before Um, the option was there for James we were potentially going to play another game but he wants to get the three games in the no that's brilliant so um, yes we're going to have a, a rematch to be fair he probably wants that
1: bit of justice
0: and to be fair he deserves it yeah he does deserve it and I'm a bit concerned for the miners as well.
1: he's good with his Mhm. yeah so I've got to take them off the pitch again so good few games we've got him yeah you've um, you've been doing some hobby I've also been doing some hobby I've got all my squigs built and my squig hoppers ready for the mana bowl ready for mana bowl they're not quite ready to show off on pitches yet but I'll, I'll do that in the next couple of days Um, I've got all the goblins just none of the hands are suitable for blood bowl so, I've got to have to sort of. Well, the right hands are fine because they've got swords and spears. Yep. Classic buttball conversion. Snip it off, do a bit of the drilling. They've got closed fists because yeah. they're angry. <laughs> the, um, the Gloom Spite Night Goblins, um, mm-hmm. come with shields on their left hands. Cast shields. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know if it would look great to have a bunch of guys on the pitch with shields. It might do, and I might have to because they're squig herders. I might put yeah. spikes on them.
0: That's what I was going to suggest because yeah. I there's the Blight kings that I bought ages ago. Yeah. They the the shields were oh no one shield was cast on one of the arms. Yeah. The others weren't, so it's a very flat surface. Yeah. Um, but with the shield that was cast, I snipped all around that, shaved it down as much as I could, yeah. and ended up sticking some weird little spiky looking thing on it, um, just to make sure that it looks more like a yeah a, a punch in your throat kind of thing as opposed to a I'm going to defend myself shield if that makes
1: sense that's, that, that's that's probably what I'll go with because I need quite a few I was doing the team list the other day and I think it's something like 8 goblins oh, at wow. least we well, need them because the squigs have bloodlust
0: oh uh, they're thralls affected now yeah
1: so if you, if you run out of goblins the squigs who are the best players on the team just, just run into the crowd and start eating people mm, yeah, which is awesome out. which is great yeah but uh, I don't know I don't know if that's a good idea No, no, quite possibly not. (laughs) But I've been using the new models and the Squig Hopper kit is awesome. Yeah. It's just so much fun to to build and play with and there's so many parts. Yeah, it's really great. Okay, you have given me one. Well, yeah. So I can have my Mad Cat Migs. Exactly, you've got Migs on the go and you've got your Trolls now. And I've got my Troll. It says Ripper. Ripper will be... Born anew very um, soon. I haven't dared open my trolls yet because I need to get these. I need to get this team finished. I can't have another late night Friday. <laughs> <play a tournament. laughs> it feels really good to be well yeah. ahead of the curve. I, I'm well. I've got six players that are partly painted. That is way more than I had last time. Yeah, that's all right. So literally last mana bowl, that was it. I built and painted them the night before. Yeah. All your horrors. So I'm hoping to have this done quite casually. You know, maybe the Thursday before. Well, that'd be good. <laughs> I know. Just I can sleep. Yeah. <laughs> ready, for, ready for the drive up. So that's yeah. hobby, that's games, that's everything that's going on with me. I'm trying to keep my head just in that space right now. Yeah. And other than that, I've just been casting and painting tiles. Yes. Which is cool. And I've pinched some because I want to do some okay. testing of my own. Ah, yes. Okay, on to our first topic. So our first topic today is we're going to be talking about Blood Bowl Leagues. Yes. Not how they work from a sort of mechanical point of view, because that's well covered in the rulebook, well covered in the CRP, and we've been doing it for years and years and years, but how to structure a league and the different ways and the different options, um, what works well, what doesn't necessarily work well, and just really a bit of a, a brief conversation about some great ways to do leagues. So one of the first things I thought we'd talk about is the biggest one which is the schedule.
0: Yeah. In an ideal world, you will go, next week you're playing yeah. Jim Smith. Yeah. And you would play Jim Smith and you're done in the way and off it goes again. And in an ideal, that's what everybody wants to do.
1: And that I would think. be a great representation of perhaps sports.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. that's why it
1: works really well. Okay, everyone plays everyone each and then we go into the finals. Yeah. We did that with Wobble before. I think probably the first and second leagues were like that. Mm. Actually, they were. It was everybody plays each other twice. Yeah. And then we go into the playoffs Based on the top four teams mm-hmm. um, When we were at the last I think we were at the Stunty Cup last year We spoke to Sean About how they ran theirs And I think they've got a very similar thing Which is Here's the, the playlist um, There's like 8 games I think 8-12 games yeah. and Everyone plays everyone else And that kind of thing which, which can work If you've got some really invested players Yes Who perhaps have less um, Responsibilities or, or less things to pull them away I mean, we've got a great game group with a bunch of different ages and a bunch of different responsibilities, Mm -hmm. but we still miss games. People still drop out. They still do this. Yeah. So real life. Yeah. What we what we did for our local league is make it an open schedule. Mm -hmm. So actually, there is no like you playing this person on this Tuesday, you're playing this person the following Tuesday Yeah. because actually we wanted people to be able to drop in. We've got uh, one guy, Simon, who lives sort of 30 miles away, maybe even a bit more up in Reading, yeah. Um, at the time, I was living in Christchurch, which again is yeah, the yeah. thirty miles to the left. So there were times where you wouldn't be able to make it. Having the scheduled one is a good sports role-playing element. Yep. However, with Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl was open format, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, even if you read the books, That's you travel along and you happen to stumble across another team and and,
1: and you play a game. But when they're in the tournaments, they had basically open schedules, but everyone would try and get as many games in as possible mm-hmm. to score the league points to get into the final. Yeah. Which happen, which happenstance made it how it kind of worked. With Robin. <laughs> yeah. So what we did with our league was we said, right, there's an eight game cap. Uh, we've got this period of time to play it in, play eight league games. Yeah. All you need to do is play another team that's in the league it can be somebody who's only going to play three games this season somebody who might you know play all late and get done really quickly and then run a second team or like yourself run three or four teams at the same time <laughs> yeah I'm on three that's it you've yeah. got three so you've played what <laughs> 20 games I'm, yeah I'm about at 20 games now. Yeah. as of tomorrow I think I'll be at 20 games and I think that's worked out really well Yes, yeah. it, it keeps people interested it means that actually I can only make it four times. I can still play in the league. I can still put my points up there. And the way we did it, that actually worked out nicely. So you've got schedule and you've got open.
0: Yeah, I think open schedule takes into account and is easier for, for real life. There is, I do miss that element of, ah, next week it's the grudge match. And yeah. stuff like that where you can see it coming. Yeah, And that's my must-win game. That's, that's a six-pointer. Type of game. Well, exactly. and um, it's a massive swing. But though you do still get that, sometimes you don't get that feeling until three hours before when something's suddenly arranged. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, this person's yeah. dropped out. Yeah. Oh, I'm free. Oh, it's the big game now. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you don't get that sort of build up. But it works because it also means that if one of us can't make it on a Tuesday, well, like we did. Exactly. We played last Monday.
1: Yeah. And we were still able to, to play the game. And, that was and it. Yeah. It was great. And I think that works really well for us. Mm. and I do. I think I do recommend that if there's a if there's a way you can work it in and it's all right with your group to have maximum amount of games, but have it open. It means that actually, if whoever turns up on the night, you can absolutely sort a game. Yeah, that's it. You can look at it and kind of go, "Well, I've already played you, but I haven't played him. Yeah. Have you played him? No. There you go. And even though the rules pack we made, uh, we made it okay for that to happen because we had you can play person just not twice in a row. Yeah. So actually, you you can play them multiple times in the league, but just not every week. This is what I'm doing with James. What? Well, that's it. You played him the week before. Yeah, we both had a game in between, yeah. and now we're playing the same teams again. Which I think is probably smarter for your team than James's team, but quite uh, <laughs> But that works all right. So, the schedule way is is a great way, and if you've got a, if you've got a group of people that are fully immersed, I think that can work brilliantly. Yeah. Having an open schedule works for people who have more of a casual play style. Mm-hmm. It takes longer to complete the campaign, but it means that you can have people drop in, drop out, run multiple teams, and you can have people catch up as well. Yeah, it makes it more user-friendly, doesn't it? And that, that that's probably more of a chill way of doing it for yeah.
0: us. Yeah, it works for us. I think it's the better way of... I do, I, yeah, you're right. It's going to split it into two, isn't it? You're either going to have those who, week in, week out, are going to be there, um, and those where... Real life does get in the way.
1: And you know so what? Like, what we found with our open schedule is that the people who were week in, week out, would be there, they got to run two teams. Yeah. They got to run two, maybe even three teams. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> but no, no, it's not just you. Like, no. I've also run a few games with my ogres. Ian's run a few games with his goblins. James is on two teams at the moment. James is on elves and goblins, yeah. So, actually, yeah. And humans. Hasn't yeah. he got the humans going? He's yeah, on he's three. He's played some human games at Milton, also had a few games with elves. Yes. It, you got to do that in a league environment build up your teams and just actually experiment a bit without it being like oh gosh we've got two months we need to get eight games in no I can't play Adeptus Titanicus this week no I can't play a cheeky game of Age of Sigmar because I need to get my Blood Bowl games in actually if you're a gamer you know what play play next Thursday get a game in if you only get six games in it's okay because you're scoring points so that takes us to the next bit which is how you score the league Yeah. so we did a very simple one three points for a win One point for a draw, zero point for losses. So if someone came in and they played eight games, but they only won three, they'd have nine points. Mm -hmm. If someone came along and they could only get four games in, but they won them all, they would be on 12 points and they would actually beat that other person into the finals. That made it okay for the flexible schedule. Mm -hmm.
0: There are obviously different different formats and ways of scoring to try and make it a bit more uh, competitive. Yeah. The course of the season, which are mostly used for tournaments when you start going for like the 20 points 20 points 10 points and yeah and then you are talking about the points for the casualties and the, and the, and the touchdowns and
1: things well, like that that actually is a really good point how would you feel about using the tournament scoring for a league do you think that would work
0: quite, I think for league it might because we've only got the 8 games Yeah, we're not talking 32 games in a season we're talking it. 8 games it yeah. would probably work quite well because you're looking at it thinking, oh man, I've only won five out of seven. Like my position with um, let's go with the, the Rooks and the Lizardmen at the moment, Yeah, that's there's a, a good shout. chance that,
1: that
0: uh, and I'm expecting Lewis to <laughs> overtake me and it will come down to points. However, the Rooks have got 30 casualties this season, Yeah, which all of a sudden, that dynamic of how violent
1: they've been yeah. could actually swing it in my favour. Well, it does from a tiebreaker point of view but only from a wins. So if you both ended up with five wins, the tiebreakers are things like touchdown differential, casualty differential. And and, and then I think ultimately it's fan factor being that the fans are going to support the team they like better going through and the referees are going to go along with it. (laughs) So that kind of stuff works for a tiebreaker point of view. But how would you feel about being beaten out of getting into the finals because someone caused more casualties even though they lost more games?
0: It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? I would, I would be frustrated, I suppose, if I've been beaten
1: out like that. Yeah. However, it is blood bowl, and it would have to be really tight for that to be, to be given the point scoring. That. But you know what? I could see that working. Um. So instead of being the top four teams, actually they're the fan favourite teams.
0: Yeah, which I could see
1: happening yeah. as well in in a thematic well, sense. You know what? We could run this for one of the. One of our our mini leagues that we'll, we'll go through yep. this year, it could be a fan favourite. That would work. Results instead of just games. I like that. Yeah. More brawl. Yeah, could be quite interesting to do. So, talking of the playoffs. Yep. We are currently using a point system, like we said, with you score as many points as you can up. You score as many points as you can in your up to eight games and the highest scoring teams go through. Yes. Now, last season, and the seasons before, we thought we have just taken the top four teams. Yeah, so like um, Premier League. Yeah. And in fact, one season we also had wild cards. Okay. We did top six teams. The top two get a first round bye. Mm-hmm. The other four play amongst themselves, and the winners go on to take the two highest scoring. Yep. Now, that was was not great, because it added that extra week of playoff time. Yeah, because actually you have to have the wild card round then the semi-final round then the final then, round yeah. actually we deemed that not the best place because it took over a month then because mm-hmm. at the time we were only playing every other week to finish, the, to finish the league off this season we've gone for divisions yes I like this a lot so when it comes to um, to running Blood Bowl Leagues there, there are several ways of doing it if you don't have that many teams having one group of teams and then ranking it on scores or fan favourite or whatever it is to get in, so the top, whatever, make the cut to the playoffs, yeah. works okay. We got into a situation where there's quite a lot of teams, so we ran divisions. Yes. So yeah. instead of going full NFL for eight, although we'd love to do that at some oh, point, great, wouldn't it just? I think we could do it. Maybe. Um, I've we ran enough teams. <laughs> 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 we have enough time. There is that. We set up four divisions, mm-hmm. randomised the teams throughout them, and as teams joined, we randomised between the lowest ones. So actually, yeah. it's worked out okay.
0: Yeah.
1: We have ended up with a couple of pinch points in our divisions, yes. which has been great. So in our division, in my division, there's uh, my Skaven and Ian's Amazons, mm-hmm. who are both doing really well, and actually we've saved, we've booked the last game of the season to be against each other, just in case we were at a point where actually we needed that tiebreaker. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. And in both the divisions your teams are in. Yeah, so so far I've got Lewis snapping at my heels. <laughs> Snapper at my heels. Uh-huh.
0: And I'm expecting them to go through, but the elves that James is running at the
1: moment could still leapfrog the monsoon. Yeah, which is cool. The idea was actually it encourages the tough teams that are more experienced to play against themselves in the same division mm. rather than just bottom feed other yeah, teams yeah. just to get the points up and then go through on the fact that they've, you know, not lost any games. Yeah. I'm currently in a position where I've not lost any games, but I've not been bottom feeding. I've no, played against no, no, some no, tough no. teams. Yeah. The other thing, it, it, well, at least on the downside, is we've got one division, which is the one the Monsoons are in, mm. which until you started playing with the Monsoons, was a really low ranked event, yeah. and the teams in there were kind of the spare ones. That just happened through, through randomness, Yeah. but with a division-based system, it is the top team in each division goes through, mm-hmm. so if, until you started playing with the Monsoons, it would have been some team that had played three games. Yeah. And, you know, multiple other teams that have finished their season wouldn't have gone through. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's two different sides of it. Which one do you think is the more, the, the, the fairer one for an open league? What we're doing now. Yeah. The divisions.
0: Yeah, I really think so. I mean, because what it's doing is it, it's forcing a mix up. Because it, it's not necessarily the four best teams. Yeah. Because uh, arguably the four best teams Two of which are in your league, in in my division. In yeah. Your, sorry, in your division. Yeah. Which in a, in the league format, you would be through, and then just whoever happened to come down underneath would would be tussling out a bit more. Whereas now there is that underdog element. And say for example, you see you see a team which is weaker in general, but happen to go through because they won their division, come up against you, or even you're going to be like, you know what, I want them to win. Well, that's exactly the it. The underdog element as opposed to just kind of, all right, well, it's the four best teams. It's the Patriots versus the Patriots versus the Patriots versus the Patriots. Which, as we've seen, is not a lot of fun. It's not <laughs> a lot of fun at all. No. Um,
1: so no, I think it's a better way of doing it. I really do think it's a better way of doing it. So in our four divisions at the moment, just to open up what we're doing here at Wobble, Wobble 4, <laughs> uh, in the Jade Order division, we've got the Never Bay Nightmares, which my Skaven at 6-0, and and Ian Skaggy Sirens, the Amazons, at 5-1-1. Yep. So I've got 18 points, Ian's at 16 points. He's just waiting to play me next. And that will close out the division. Uh, in the Amber Order division, in the Beast division, we've mm. got the Rooks, which are your humans, yeah, are. at 5-2-1, and for mm-hmm. 16 points. Oh, I see what you mean. Lewis's Reptile Dysfunction <laughs> um, Lizardman team is at 4-1-2, and two at 14 points. Yeah. So he scores a win, he gets in. Yeah. If he pulls up a draw... You still claim it. Yep. Uh In the Death Division, you've got the Children of Corn, which are Lewis's <laughs> Chaos team. Yep. Five, two, and one. Bless him. He accidentally played nine games, didn't he? He did. And we demoted that one to a friendly. Yeah, that was a that was one of my Monsoon games. Oh, so you, you <laughs> did you win it? <laughs> we drew. Oh, well, you're probably better off just getting that one yeah, as a friendly. Right. Yeah. So in the Death in the Death Division, there's the Children of Corn, the Chaos team, and then the next team is the Morn Monstars, which are Milton's orcs. Yes. Heck of a team. But he's a, he's a bit of an unfortunate time, um, and he's won three and two, although he scores twenty-two casualties. He's the closest competitor in that one. Yeah. Then you've got the metal division, the gold order, with mm-hmm. the monsoons leading the pack at four-two-and-one, and then James's elves at three and two. Mm-hmm. So there are other teams in there, but they're now out of the running. So it, it does, like you say, it does bottle it up a bit, it makes it less certain. And if we were to go into playoffs now, it would be the Nightmares against the Monsoon. yeah, And the Helmgart Rooks against the Jordan of the Corn. However And this is yeah, go for it.
0: At the moment, as it stands, I can have two teams in the playoffs. But we're not going to.
1: Well, I would in, have in the rules pack. In the rules
0: pack, I would have to choose one or t'other. Yep. Um which To defer. To defer, which would um it, it would become a very <laughs> very um tactical thought process because my heart says if it is that situation I was to take the rooks and my first team my first love I should take them through however when you start looking at it it's like who is potentially going to be a weaker opponent that I could let up would it be the lizards or would it be the owls well so if you took the (laughs) monsoon it would be playing me in the semi-final and that would be the lizards going up in my place against the chaos team, but the chaos team is
1: Lewis's team. <laughs> oh, that would be it. So he wouldn't be able to. At that point, he would then have to choose a team. So to defer. I defer. Well, no, you would defer. So I would defer. So I would have first option. Yeah, you oh, would okay. have at the top. You could be like, I'm going through one of these teams. i going through with this team. That then causes Lewis to have two teams. He would then have to pick one. So if he stuck with his lizards, the children of the corn would then become Milton's orcs. I like that. So by doing a division league, actually, it's creating a lot of interesting playoffs, where it means that actually, the more than one stars with their one win, if Lewis chooses to defer by running multiple teams, <laughs> could get in and could win the whole thing and we, and and go all the way. That's ultimate wildcard. That and isn't. Couldn't it? that be amazing? <laughs> I like that. Now, while it might actually be better and simpler for a single group of teams, and literally to be the top scoring ones go through. That probably plays better with a longer league. Yes, which goes on to the prospect of an eternal league. Well, first of all, we'll do league length. Okay. So.
0: Okay, sorry, I got you. Yeah. So,
1: within a league or within a championship, how many games do you think is is appropriate before you go into the playoff period? (sighs) You're looking at circa 20, aren't you? If you go big, yeah. And um, I think the Death Zone rulebook says about twelve. Oh, does it? Twelve or sixteen or something. Sixteen was sort of like my initial thought, but that's purely because of the NFL. And you know what? The, I think it's I think it's a really good length. Mm. But if you're playing two games a month, that is going to take you a year to play. It is. Because you're going to be sick a couple of times. Yeah. So yeah, it's right. n- it's never going to work all the time, it is. is it? Okay, So that's eighteen. So maybe twelve is a better. So with our league at the moment, we went for eight games. Mm -hmm. That's quite a short league, but we wanted to have it chilled over a four-month period so that actually you only need to play 50% of the time to be able to get all eight games in. Mm -hmm. Also, it meant you could run a second team, uh, which I think has worked out pretty well. Yeah, I I love it. I think a longer league gives a better edge to those teams that are developing, Mm -hmm. but also it's a reasonable period of time for someone who has a really awful season.
0: I um I took a break with my rooks yeah. after they took a beating between um, Milton and, and yeah. Ian. Yeah. That's when I brought the Renegades back out. I oh, well, brought the Monsoon back out. Also mine now. But I brought them out just because I I wanted a bit of fun because I stopped having as much fun as I would have done with the rooks because <laughs> it all just went so wrong so quickly. Yeah. And it was because I'd been on such a good run and it all came to a grinding halt and then you're looking at it going well I've only got two games left. Whereas if you have that sort of run, but you're looking at it going, OK, well, we've still got another seven or eight games. Yeah. It doesn't become that bad a situation. But from the point of view of if you have that bad situation, if you get those your star player killed, if you get a minus armour on someone you've got to decide whether you're going to sack them or not, you get that opportunity to be able to rehire, rebuild, and put it back into place
1: before the end yeah. of that season. And we even had the rules say that actually, you know what, you can... End the season with your team, redraft it, yeah. and start again in the same league with the same with the team that's then developed up and developed up. Yeah. Now that would have been a massive time investment, and you know yeah. it was okay if people wanted to do it. Fortunately, no one did because it's a lot of work. So I think eight games is probably the minimum for a decent league. Yeah, I wouldn't want any less than that. But we've seen a chaos team develop nicely. We've seen a vampire team develop nicely yeah. this season. I think eight games is a good amount of time. I think teams start developing at the fourth game. So the first three games, yeah, average, teams yeah. basically vanilla. Yeah. From four to eight, they're kind of they're developing identity, they're developing mm. their franchise, they're doing really well. Then it come, kind of goes into season two territory. So, what would you say the shortest for a championship is? For shortest amount of games for a league? What absolute minimum? Yeah, I six. I, I'm I'm with you on this. I think absolute six. minimum would yeah. be six
0: because it does give you that chance to be able to level up. Yeah. Two, three, four players. And I think for, a, for
1: like a beginner league, if everyone was just starting Blood Bowl, playing a four or six game little championship yeah. would work really well. Yeah,
0: it gives you, yeah, it's an easier
1: way into it definitely. So that does go into what you were just about to mention, which is the Eternal format. Yes. So, currently, as Blood Bowl has been reintroduced in the 2016 rules, the Death Zones came out, which in that time is the brilliant Spike magazine. It's great. But in Death Zones, they brought out the redrafting element, Mm -hmm. which has been very divisive in the community. Yeah, not, yeah, within Wobble a little. Well, no, in the entire community, especially in Wobble. That's mostly my fault for trying to make it a bit of a bureaucracy and Mm -hmm. wanted to make it fair and got everyone's opinions and, and. Milton, if you're listening... Yeah, not having seven votes. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Russia. Absolutely. Went in there and threw the results out. <laughs> Good job, democracy. But, but, but anyway, so the original seasons for Wobble were not redrafting. Really mm-hmm. Then Death Zone came out. And we thought, you know what, the right thing to do is to run these rules a couple of times and see what they happen. We tweaked them slightly the first time. We went completely vanilla the second time. And it, it, I don't think it adds a lot of, I don't think it adds a lot. No, I, there's, I think that's because of the,
0: the treasury. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And because if you can harbour gold all through your time during the season and then redraft, chances are you're going to lose next to nothing, if anything. That's it. Whereas, and this is where that this is where our conversation and yeah. our issues came from. Was yeah. there were there were certain coaches who could literally redraft their entire team without issue, yeah. and others who I was going to have to sacrifice the minor yeah. for the renegades. That's exactly it. And you know what? I wouldn't have done I would have sacrifice literally every time Dick and Harry because i had yeah. a couple of doubles on it. But I
1: didn't want to be in that position. It, and wasn't it was fun. Difficult? No, right? you spent six to eight games building up these players, and then you had to lose them, which would have been fine if everyone had had to make the same sacrifices. Yes. It just wasn't easy. It, it wasn't. You had teams who'd won a lot of games, had a lot of luck, Um, no one had died. And remember, dying is is a purely a roll on the dice. Yeah, They can get injured and badly hurt, but or they can just get injured and just immediately die. Mm. So actually, if you have a few deaths, you have to pay for that. That's not through skill. That's not through anything. No. That is just my guy, you know... Mm. My opponent rolled sixes on the injury rolls. Yeah. You know, the other players rolled ones. Yeah. So definitely. they go into the next season with an extra two hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. That's not balanced. So we, we did redrafting, we tweaked redrafting a bit, and actually all 13, 14, 15 players and twenty teams of Blood Bowl at our club are really up for the idea of doing eternal format. Yes. Which is what it used to be in CRP. So the difference is there is no redraft. I think we're going to offer an optional redraft if people do want to do it because they're actually like, actually, my team is knackered. I need to start again. Yeah. Can I do? That I redraft? like that. Yeah. I think that's a good way So we're not that. taking the rules away from anybody. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to finish a season and then play on into the next one, well, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But not only are we doing that, we are not running it league to league. No. So we're going to have an eternal format now where your team is your team is your team. we're going to run periods where we have mini championships they may not be mini we can tweak the rules slightly but we're going to be like right guys starting in April we're going to be running an eight game championship it's going to be the spike cup it's going to be the chaos cup whatever these are the rules for it mostly normal if you want to enter your team enter your team that's brilliant and then when you play a game if you're playing against another coach that wants to play a spike cup game it does that and that result goes towards that championship yeah that means we can run a cheeky four-game one if we want to get one in over the summer. We can run a long one, but we can run two at the same time if we want. Yeah, and
0: that's it, and you still get that competitive element.
1: Exactly, and you still get to build your teams, you still get to do it. Now, one of the things that is concerned, or is a bit concerning, is the bloat. So I'm here in 1600, mm-hmm. lots of the other teams are here in and 1700, and we can, we can be working now towards the two million teams. Yep. That's not going to be a lot of fun for a new player that comes in. No. But what we can do in that circumstance is we can run a newbie championship. there' can almost be a feeder league, can't it? That's it. Oh, well, now this is where we get a bit bonehead. So, <laughs> so we, we could do a, a mini four-game championship for some new players with a max salary of 1200 Yep. Yeah. So actually, I could take my skaven in there, but I'd have to sack the entire team to get, <laughs> so, to get into yep. it, which is fair. I but, like that. But that's when we introduce player trading and things. Yes. So you can run a little division for beginner teams and you can scout those players and sell them to other players in other leagues.
0: Yes, and I like this. I do too. This is, we're, we're, we're barreling towards bonehead.
1: This, this, yeah. this is what we do on the bonehead thing. We want to play this sports role play. We want to have those great stories where actually, I would love to run a second Skaven team. Not so I can optimise my build, but just because it would be really cool to, I don't know, just to have characters. That yeah. I can bring together into this awesome team. Like actually, yeah, and I've got some Gutter Runners over here. I've got this Blitzer over here. This Blitzer's great. We're gonna hire them to my other team. We're gonna make this one super Skaven team. It's just cool. It's just building that story. Yeah. Without making it completely horrific for newbies. No. And and the thing is as well, it's I think
0: one element that's missing from Blood Bowl, which you get in sports, Yeah. Is trade. Is the trade and the scouting element. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and I I love. The, the idea of being able to to look at another player on another team going oh, I fit, want that one he'd
1: fit really well in my like, yeah like I
0: need I need him here yeah I need to get rid of this one because I need that one yeah and Throw- and being able to do something about throwers it throwers are a great
1: example of that yeah no one in the league has a really great thrower do you edge four strong arm oh okay brilliant. well I'm surprised I I I didn't I forgot about him I think he's only literally just got edge go. now a couple of seasons ago Ian's owl bears the human team mm. They had a really great thrower, and it was a shame to see him disappear into the depths of time and go away. But, you know, say I was running a, I don't know, an Orc team, and I played my six games, and I had a cool player, but I was kind of done with the Orcs at that point. Mm. You wanted to start an Orc team, or Milton was like, dude, you're a thrower, I will take that. Yeah. I will take that action.
0: <laughs> he
1: uh, is mine. Actually, and that's cool, because you can be like, oh, how's my thrower oh. getting on? You build that. The paperwork for running an Eternal League, it should be no different. I mean, we've got a little spreadsheet that has 40 teams on at the moment. Yeah. We've only used 23. Yeah. So there's plenty of scope for everyone to have, you know, well, say everyone. Okay, there's only scope for everyone to have three teams. Yeah. But not everyone's going to have three teams. No. So actually it's fine. And you could just keep playing, you just keep going, and you never lose these things. Yeah. I know we've spoken about it before. Yeah. But...
0: In a Eternal League, where everybody is mixing and matching all the time, yeah, there would be times where you would look at a Black Orc blocker going, I need one of them right there in the middle of my human team. Yeah. And there would have to be something in place, some negative aspect of it, because obviously chucking an Orc in amongst a bunch of humans is never going to end well. Yeah. But I like that idea, and I wouldn't, if we were to do trading... Yeah. I would want to be able to keep that sort of element in it, purely because there would be times when it, it's not, it's not different to, to no, plucking someone from Spain
1: and bringing it over to the Premier League. But we can do that by having an eternal league, but having those restrictions on those cups that we run. Mm-hmm. So we could have actually this is an open format cup. Your team can have anybody from anywhere. And you can buy them from other teams, you can just build a roster with anything, you can have run a mixed team, like the Super League, yep. have it all in there. And you can run it, and those are allowed in this cup. We could have a vanilla cup as well. Yeah. Not necessarily, maybe a different time, maybe at the same time, and just be like, that is vanilla teams only. So, yep. yeah, you want to hire that Blackhawk? Brilliant. But I'm afraid it's not allowed in that championship. Yep. And, and that, that could be sense. fair enough. It would be like... um Having a uh, soccer league or uh, an American football league where actually doping was okay. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. You know what? We're this is the steroid. This is the steroid league. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's like, on a boat in the ocean. They're yeah. Mad. Yeah, it's, like. It's, okay. It's, and that's okay. But that team. Not the, end of the world. Is Not going to be allowed to play in the NFL. Yeah. I would watch it. hundred oh, percent. But probably best not to promote that kind of behavior. Yeah. Eh, it's blood bowl. It's blood bowl. <laughs> Unknowing silent. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that's the options we can do with the with the eternal yeah. league. And I would want to see that aspect of it, whether there is the animosity negative
0: trait or it Definitely. costs a bit more to get it.
1: Good animosity loner, one of the two.
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, real
1: simple. Um but I would like to see something like that. So those are our thoughts on leagues. Let us know how your league runs. Let us know what your thoughts are on the redrafting process and because There are so many great ways to do it and it really should just be about what makes it the best player experience. So the second topic we're going to talk about today is shaking things up in Blood Bowl. But it's actually a bigger piece than that. It comes about, we were talking last week, or last episode, about standardising Blood Bowl or making it more professional. The Blood Bowl Pro Tour... We got Ian on the episode. I've been talking about some of the things they do in Age of Sigmar, uh, Mm -hmm. which which works brilliantly, to be fair, because they've got a a really great tournament, um, you know, culture kind of, uh, depending on how competitive you are. (laughs) Uh, And then Magic the Gathering is another one where actually they have absolutely awesome tournament support. Mm -hmm. The the format works really well, and actually, what what can be done in Blood Bowl to have that? So. We were, we were talking, we were thinking. What if Blood Bowl had something in it like the General's handbook in Age of Sigma? So, for those of you who don't play Age of Sigma mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Weirdos. Yeah. Um Elves with round bases, it's just unnatural. <laughs> elves unnatural. Oh well yeah. Every year Games Workshop releases the General's handbook for Age of Sigma. In it it changes up some rules. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but it changes up a bit. But the biggest change comes from the changing of the points costs yes. and some restrictions. So they alter some army composition and some values. Now that is completely analogous to Blood Bowl. Yeah. So what they could do, or what could be done, not necessarily by Games Workshop, but for the Blood Bowl community or as a part of the Blood Bowl community, is is having a standard or a league or a brand that is like, right, this year. These are the changes that have happened to the CRP. Yeah. It will alter the balance, but that is the entire point of it. That's
0: yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's being able to look at a dwarf team, kind of going, "Do you really need block hands
1: tackle? Well, that's it." <laughs> and it could be really great. So look at card games; they have rotation. Yep. Every six to every six months to a year, this these cards go out and these new cards come in, which changes up the meta. Yeah. And the Blood Bowl meta has been solid now constantly. For 20 years yeah. so we spoke a few episodes about how the great work the NAF had been doing mm-hmm. and they, they have they've kept this game alive this is a kind of a subculture that could happen within it that actually changes the balance and changes that meta to create variation They've definitely got the means to do so, particularly
0: because we're talking the the likes of um, Corn teams and Bretonian teams yeah. can now be included, and that's only by trial and error and double checking. And, and, and they've done balancing. a great job at that. So if they can, if we can look at it from that point of view, yeah. then the reverse can be done as well, and look back at the older teams, kind of going, "What can we tweak?" Look at that. I mean, Is that does high? there really need to be that much? If they could do that, it yeah. would eliminate
1: almost tier one and tier two. Which, in part, would be good and in part would be bad. I think, I think having the tears is fair enough, but it would be nice if those tears were to change. Now, there's a there's a bunch of examples within the kind of game sphere that does that already. So BB2 and BB1, mm-hmm. compared to the CRP rules, some of the player costs are different. Some of the players are different. The the catchers are armor eight. Yeah, the catchers are different. For, for humans. humans, sorry, yeah. orc blitzers are more expensive on Blood Bowl two, I believe. Or cheaper, one of the two. There's 10 grand in it. Yeah, there is. Which again changes up the meta ever so slightly. Mm. You mentioned dwarves. So you've got dwarves and wood elves, and every time you play them, it's kind of a bit of a groan fest. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, ah, oh, okay, I'm going to get leaped around. I, well, yeah. I'm never going to get the ball. <laughs> yeah. Now, they're great fun to play, but actually, would it be a terrible thing if you were like, right, guys, it's the 2019 season of Blood Bowl. If you want to play in the I don't know, let's call it the, the, the competitive league. Or, yeah. I don't know, I'm a big fan of using the Super League for everything. But, you know, there's, let's call it the Alpha League. Yep. Okay, this year, for for this year, starting at the end of the Super Bowl in the NFL real world, because, mm. you know, why not, through to the next one, these are the slight team adjustments. Yeah. And it could be a great way of making those 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 meta changes. Yeah. Games Workshop have done it with bringing in additional player types for Goblins. Okay. You know what? With the Doom Diver, yeah. goblins became more competitive. Yeah, because there was that level of accuracy yeah, you didn't have before. actually, playing a goblin team is not a surf
0: anymore. There is there is talk of people wanting them to be moved up to Tier 2 instead of being left at Tier 3. Goblins? Yeah. I've I one with goblins. Yeah. Uh in the one very well with goblins. James has won with Goblins. Yeah. It's not a
1: it's not a, a, a slug to get to where you want to go though. And when we went to Birmingham Ball, there were stunty teams that were winning games. Yeah, half I won a game. That was horrible Half absolutely destroyed other people. Yeah. Wouldn't it be really interesting to be like, actually you know what? Uh, they got changed elves, they changed wood elves. And the adjustment they've made this year is yeah, they've nerfed war dancers because they don't have leap anymore. Yeah. Or they don't have block anymore. So Actually, they become oh, okay, that's interesting. They're cheaper, but now they don't have block. Yeah, well, you play in the dwarves, right? The dwarves have been slightly tweaked. They're they now long, they no longer have tackle, yeah, or but they're, 10, they're 10k cheaper, or well, they've got a better it. movement, and or they've you, got lower armor.
0: Yeah, that you need that because, again, particularly with those te- those types of teams, it, even if you look at the Amazons, Amazons are a great What and a dodge, and you're just like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am <I'm> I supposed <laughs> to do? I going to just push you around the pitch. It's fantastic. Yeah. And and it's just frustrating to to witness, isn't it? Sometimes, and um, to be able to have that sort of, you know, what the linemen or line women
1: no longer have X. Yeah. But, but they're, they're cheap. Y. But yeah, but they're cheaper. Which means you can afford more positionals, which makes your team more interesting. Yeah. Um. So just have to. Full-on disclosure, we absolutely love Blood Bowl. And this is in no way saying, oh, it needs a change. Oh, no, no,
0: not because
1: at all. it's Because it's, it's bang on. Yeah. But what we're saying is, let's play it a different way. Is yeah. there a way that actually it could create a different sub-meta? So you've got the standard CRP, you know, playing this. You run in standard Woodhills, and run running in standard Woodles. Great. You know, that's a normal one. But actually, in this team, the Woodhills have this adjustment. You know, the linemen aren't there. there's an extra player type, they can take two treatment. Yeah. You know? Dwarves, humans then can have, you know. Oh, in 2019, do, do you remember that year where humans were allowed halflings? Yeah. That was awesome. Like, you could create just, those yeah. submetters. It would create that kind of like excitement, like, ooh, the new season rules are out next, uh, next month. Yeah, what's so, going to happen what's next? What's going to happen? Are there going to be new player types? Is there going to be a new team? Are we going to see squig teams in because okay. Games Workshop have brought the models for them yeah. and they're actually readily available? Are we going to have a troll team? Yeah. Like right, we can have demon teams. All you could put team. them in there. An all ghoul team. The Crypt players. That's it. You could do stuff big like party. that. Mm. And you could open up players. You could open up teams. You could alter the meta. But and it would just create a different environment. Yeah, and
0: it would allow another
1: level of customization. And that's what we're big on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's why we love the idea of mixed teams. Oh, because that makes hundreds of combinations. Yeah. actually having a, a kind of created environment for this or a standardised, you know, sub-meta, which mm. is exactly what it would be, would mean you could balance things out from year to year, and it means if you can get it wrong, actually, you, you could tweak it. Which yeah. is one of the great things about the way Sigma does it, or the way Hearthstone, uh, the online mm. card game, adjusts things. They go, well, you know what, that card is a bit too much.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, could be the same for Bloodborne. Because, you know what, uh, those players are a little bit overpowered, and we're seeing a lot of these players run. Everyone's running elves, so actually, we're going to change up the elf team and we're going to make them one slower. And it's, yeah, and, and the thing is, as well, in particular with the likes of,
0: of wood elves and dwarves, you level them all exactly the same way. Yeah. All the same way, all the same way. Whereas with a human team, yeah. You'll look at your blitzers and I know I look at my blitzers going, well,
1: yeah, the human's are a great example. Yeah.
0: I'm going to run these two as support, you yeah. I'm going to run these two as hits. Yeah. And you've got to have that thought. Whereas with, a, with a, a dodgy elf, it's a case of, all well, all I want to do is run away from you. <laughs> so I'm going to have sidestep, and I'm going to have dodge, and yeah. I'm going to have leap. And you get that sort of, you get it with almost every single player type. Yeah. And it, it becomes boring, it becomes mundane. And again with the dwarves, I'm just going to stand here, and everyone's going to have guard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what would be a really interesting change of dwarves is to take away that strength access to all their players. Yeah yeah. That would be huge That would really change The way a dwarf team develops Mm. And you could counter that By giving their Blitzers agility Yeah You know Or runners The runners with agility Would make more sense I think runners have agility Oh do they? It's how James gave his leap Oh (sighs) (laughs) And then died (laughs) Very sad (laughs) But But there's definitely There's definitely scope (laughs) Where they could do that But And this is the thing That I think you Sort of Was like at In the chat Star players Yes They could introduce And remove Star players, or which this is this, I love the idea of this. They can move the timeline along and age the star players. Yes, you know what? He's now got sidestep. Griff's been amazing for years. Yeah. But actually, he's getting a bit old. He's one slower this season. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not looking so good. Yeah. In the story, this happened. Now Griff has a niggling injury. Yeah. Why is that? Oh, because last season, like, what was it? Oh, that's new. He's yeah. got this, Barrett Farblast died, you know? Yeah, fair enough. What happened? Obviously,
0: oh, his bazooka yeah. blew up in yeah. his head. <laughs>
1: yeah. No one used any no one used him, so he did some showboaty stuff and died from it, you know, that's fair enough. The games Workshop were kinda of doing that with some of the new star players that can see that coming through. Jr. and things. But that would be such an interesting way to propel the blood Bowl storyline without affecting the overall balance of the game. Mm. So bb Two would the same be the same, Fumble would be the same. But actually if you wanted to play in this one of the 18 million DC Universe versions of Blood Bowl. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You create a sub dimension of Blood Bowl where yeah. in it actually this year the else oh, is this, this year the else is this. Mm-hmm. This year you're allowed a player from one of these allied teams.
0: Yeah. To because that wouldn't
1: be an out of the rounds of possibility at all. And it, it while it does massively change that balance, Blood Bowl is inherently unbalanced as it is. It's the whole point of it. It is. You've got the tiers. Yeah. You know what? Oh, man. It would suck if you were like... um, If you've got one team and it's humans and they drop out of tier 1.5 or they drop out of tier 2 into tier 3 because they just get nerfed. Yeah. They're not telling you to run different models. They're just telling you to run a different team. Yeah. Or, you know what? Yes, humans are worse, but now you're allowed halflings and an extra ogre. Yes. Oh, man, I'd love that. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? In the 2019 series humans had halflings and ogres with them and they could take a couple of dwarf blockers mm-hmm. why is that actually it's because the trade negotiations between humans and yes, dwarves, actually their relations got better yeah. it, it just could be a cool way of introducing the story the world into it and changing up the standardised meta yeah. for a whole as a whole a and it would open up I mean
0: we're all about the fluff. Yeah. if there was a a general blood bowl world where the law changed year after year, invasions changed, people fell out of favour with one another. I don't know, know, let's say the the goblins and the halflings had to team up, because the Skaven ran them up. Underworld's gone for a season.
1: Yeah, Underworld's gone for a season. But all of a sudden
0: you've now got a a goblin-halfling mixture that you can have, and Skaven are just Skaven. Uh, But you
1: get to keep the second trophy. And there's there's so much cool stuff you can do, and and you can you know we've spoken about reroll costs representing mm. difficulties. You know, there's a dwarf civil war. You know, the dwarf team now their their rerolls are more expensive. Yeah.
0: No. They should be more expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they should. But that's it. And there is there is an element there of where you can go big and introduce new players, new teams, mm-hmm. new positionals, or there's a way you can just adjust the meta and and tweak it year by year. Mm. Be like, oh, yeah, Widows aren't as good as they used to be. Well, no, but did they need to be like actually? I got to run a yeah. change to movement eight instead of movement nine, keeping them at the same points. Maybe you know, it, it wouldn't. Yeah, it potentially even things out that a little bit, which makes could, sense. It would just it could just make it a little bit more balanced, or you could just be like, oh man, actually, now elves are better than Skaven. That's interesting because actually, oh well, I think Skaven are better than everybody. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's just that that rotation, that little creation of that world. I think could be amazing,
0: and and this goes back to from my point of view as well. For uh, the conversation, we had a couple of episodes back, of being able to skill your players up with secret weapons and things like that. Because Huge. It, it, yeah. It would. You could get that. Yeah. The whole point of of Helmet Wolf is that <laughs> he went mad one day, picked up a chainsaw, and started cutting people up. Yeah. He, didn't, he wasn't a star player then. Yeah. He was a player who lost it. <laughs> and why wouldn't that happen? If goblins can harbour. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Harbour's not a very good word for that. <laughs> Roster. Yeah. Secret weapons. Why can't other teams? Exactly that. And that could be one of the adjustments that was made into it. It's like, oh, actually, you know what? I don't know. Pick a team. Chaos Dwarfs. Yep. Okay. Um, There are more mobile centaurs. The Hobgoblins get weapons. It just changes that. That would up. make more sense. It would. Hobgoblins are holding sneaky little daggers. Now, I think there's two ways of this actually becoming a thing. I don't think it will become a thing, which is actually really? very sad. But you know, it, the bubble is a great game, and the world is brilliant, and the balance is tasty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's it. That's the only way to describe it. Most of it is to be absolutely loved. Yeah. It's like a very good curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is spicy, and some people are going to find it too spicy. But you know what? The pain is game. Mm-hmm. And you know the balance is there. But if Games Workshop were to do that and have an you know, right. These are the optional rules for, I don't know, the, the old world league. Yep. The old world league. Okay. If you're going to play in the old world Allians league, and... these themes are slightly tweaked. But the other great thing that games workshop could do is they could cross pollinate their model ranges yep. and encourage those purchasing. And now, I'm, um, you know, that this is, this is just a, this is just spitballing. But for example, the squigs, and the trolls that have come out recently are awesome for Bloodbomb. Yep. Games Workshop could use it as a... Right, in the 2019 Old World League, there is now a squig herder team.
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone's going to go, ah, oh, that's cool. Go and buys the squigs. Done. Now right. the humans have a giant. Yes. Everyone goes and buys the giant. They could use... that Because they've got a massive range. I mean, the the Forest Goblin team I've got, not one of them is a Bloodbomb blood mill. Exactly. Not one. I mean, I've be, got, you've got the Minotaurs, you've got the Beastman team, you've got all the Demons. On. Yeah. You've got all the Demons. To be fair, even some of the Sigmar stuff could still be used, just by saying, actually, you know what, this is the... I don't know, the... the what the, I, I mean, mean, my Reavers. Yeah. I use Reavers as my Lumen in, in the Renegades. And that's perfect. They bring in a Barbarian team. Yeah. I mean, I know there's Norse, but actually corn is a great one if they acknowledge corn but they tweak it slightly so it, you know, I don't know there's a corboreth in it or something yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be, <laughs> That'd be amazing that be cool? I've got one prime ready to go I, I could see them doing that mm. to encourage those cross pollination of sales but actually that would not be bad for a hobby that would be awesome yeah. at the moment you and I are buying these crazy models and we're seeing these ridiculous things on the Facebook groups for Blood Bowl, and they're just so creative and so clever okay. and that's why we're going to the stunts that's why we love it so much is because it's creative and it's clever and it's, you know, more, I can see Games Workshop. I can see them having an opportunity there. Yeah. I can't see them following it through because I think it will take a lot of their resources. And I think they're, they're, you know, they're doing a heck of a job at the moment as it is. The other way is that actually you see it either community driven, well, yeah, community yeah. driven. By you NAF know, or otherwise? By, by NAF, by Fumble, mm-hmm. by anybody that's going to, right, here's this other meta. This is what we're running for a year. Um, you know, vote for it. Uh, I could see the NAF running something like that, yep. which wouldn't affect the balance that's there for CRP or for 2016, but would create an entirely—it would be like a, a different version of Blood Bowl. Yeah, has the same rules but just a different flavour, and yeah. I think that could only be great. Yeah, I reckon so.
0: It's got to be. I mean, the the only other thing that I would want to see. Is a level seven player turning into a star player, and having rules for that? Because when you get to level seven, that's a really good. There is nowhere else they go, and they they stagnate the wrong word. They've reached their peak. Surely, if a player has reached their peak, that makes them a star player. We're talking top of the star player, star players.
1: So why couldn't that work? I really think there's some interesting stuff to talk about becoming a star player. Yeah. So why don't we talk about that next episode? Yep. Done. Okay. So anybody that's out there listening, let us know your thoughts on specific leagues and specific rules and some kind of community meta.
0: I'd love to know the homebrew stuff that's going on.
1: That would be cool. But also, prior to the next episode where Rich and I are going to talk about this idea he's just had, the rules for becoming a star player, for one of your players hitting that point and becoming a registered star player.
0: Yeah. Does anyone have anything already?
1: Yeah let us know what you what you do for that because it's building that story yeah it's building that story
0: me and Randall started our creating a star player didn't we uh, the Hero League the Hero League which we have done absolutely none of in weeks I'm going to have to get back into that I've still got the teams written down somewhere
1: but also let us know if you want these rules pack put out like one for the Hero League and stuff like that because we yeah. can do that yeah um, it'd be great if you want to try it different ways to play Different ways to play. And, you know, more Blood Bowl is more better. <laughs> it's more better. And now on to the star player segment. So, um, I got to choose the one this week, and that is because Alex ran him against me in our Skaven versus Skaven brawl. So, the guy he very quickly chose to run is Creek Ruscalger, the Verminator. <laughs> Whom I had never actually... Seen before. So there is no official model for him yet, but as you'll tell from his rules, he is a ball and chain guy. He is, so forth. So in the old CRP world, there was Fezglitch. There was, yeah And in the new world, there is Creep scourger which means that at the moment for Scaven teams, there are technically two ball and chain star players. Yes. Which is awesome, and I did run that a couple of seasons ago. <laughs> uh, or at least last season, I've got both of them on the picture at one time. That's it was fantastic. absolute carnage. Yeah. But. Alex used um, Creek Rust Gouger against me and he did an excellent job, yeah. which was all the worst because it was actually my model he was using. No, this <laughs> yeah. is <just> traitor. <laughs> uh, and it was awkward because he was painted in my team's colour scheme as well, so oh, I kept wow. I kept getting confused. I was like, that's yeah. my guy. Oh no, that's not. Oh, <laughs> that's really not my guy. Why is my guy killing all my <laughs> <laughs> Oh That's demoralising right there, isn't it? So Creek Rust Gouger is 130 gold pieces. That's good. Times a thousand. Times a thousand. Uh, Skaven, Underworld are the two teams they can take in. So his skills are Ball and Chain, Loner, Mighty Blow, No Hands, prehensile Tail, and secret Weapon. So last week we covered a load of Ball and Chain stuff for Goblins. This guy has Ball and Chain, but he comes with Mighty Blow, which is huge. Yeah, it's massive. And prehensile Tail so you not getting away from me no which was really really good so Alex deployed this guy and just got him into a scrum with my guys and, and of course minus one to dodge away even my gutters were, were having difficulty yeah he was bringing the other players to surround as well so it was minus one plus minus one for all the tackle zones it made it really tricky um, I ended up having to block my way out most of the time in fact I, I, I lost three players to this guy wow brilliant he was really worth his money so he's 130k he's got those skills he's movement five Strength seven, Ash two Massive. Armour nine. Now armour doesn't matter too much because if ball and chain hits the ground, they're knocked out anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: Good for stab. Good for stab. But strength seven for a ball and chain is you know, that's normal. Oh man. Movement five is huge. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Now Fez was moved move four. Uh the Goblin Star player, Fungus the Loon, is mm-hmm. movement four as well. Normal yeah. goblin uh with a ball and chain is movement three. Yeah. So this guy is <laughs> going five squares, normal, yeah. without a go for it. And he was just swooping across the pitch. You're um, going fair, fair, um, to cover a fair area. Well, to be, to be fair, you smack him in the middle yeah. with a couple of go for it, he is touching either sideline, yeah. which is appropriate for Skaven, but it was a, such a huge impact. And honestly, he caused enough casualties that just not you know having him for one drive... Um, mm. It was fine. Like, he took out three players for the entire game. He did what he needed to do. That's it. I mean, two of them are linemen, and I think he took out uh, Blitzer as well. 130k. And took That's out insane. 190k of players uh, for the entire game. But it was really good. But movement five it is just it's just awesome. Um, so, this, this guy comes Ben Recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I love Skaven. And if you're if you are running a Skaven team against a Bashy team against another team that's got a higher team value and you're thinking oh this is not gonna be fun, this guy will completely change the game. And he's so cheap. Yeah. He is so cheap. This wood guy would be great against your renegades.
0: Oh we'll eat demolition.
1: What can you do? Absolutely nothing. nothing. Even like, even my minor on the blitz. That's Ooh, it. It's a two die uphill block. And, you know, credit where credit's due, Alex was running his guys in support of him brilliantly. So, you know, the best thing to do with the ball chain, like we spoke about last week, is to take them out. Yeah. There was no chance of that. Now, I had no big guy. Mm -hmm. Even with a big guy, he would have needed two assists to get an even block. Yeah. That was just not happening. Yeah. He was bringing a couple of skaven in to flank him. But that's the way that you should use a star player. And that was brilliantly done.
0: That's a good point, because I know I run my star players almost exclusive
1: of the team. Not the way you run lewd grip. No, that's true. Which is probably why I, when I think of star players, he's the one I think of for you, because you run him like he was the star player in your offense. Yeah. And because of that, you win games. Yeah. Because you leverage, you leverage him for what he's worth, for what he does. This guy Creek, you can do exactly the same. Yeah. And I think you don't see people do it with Goblin teams. So they're like, woo. Let's just, let just, make some fun, baby. Just and blocks. <laughs> and then when they're on the ground, i going to cut them up with a chainsaw. That's yeah. like one thing. I think because Skaven don't really have much of a punch, mm. vanilla, like you have to build them that way, like you did with your BB2 team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this is just such a game changer. And he would be huge against dwarves. He would. Because dwarves clump together. They can't, this guy will, this guy outruns dwarves. Which yeah. is awesome. He's got Mighty Blow. They're not dodging away because he's got Prehensile Tail, right. even the dodgy ones. There's an armor broken on an 8. They line nine, up on a 9. You sweep with this guy. You do supports to get those three die blocks or to block them into the path. And oh, this, that's the other thing as well, isn't it? You can literally just line them up. And again, that's what Alex was doing. He was bringing his, he just had two line guys following this guy around, supporting and sweeping. So he was basically maximising the efficiency. He was blocking in so that instead of you know having one guy in three squares and oh. having one in three chance, he'd block another one in. So this guy was always in base contact with two of my team. That's what he won. And he just absolute, way yeah, absolutely carnaged them. He's cheap enough to roster. <laughs> if you rostered a rat ogre. This is cheaper than a rat ogre. It's cheaper than a rat ogre. Uh, obviously with a star player that's a what 20k a game you lose on him though yeah yeah but then if you get the wins that's it I think he is the best ball and chain star player
0: yeah I reckon he must be I I I can't believe I've overlooked him
1: and this is a really great example of Games Workshop ever so slightly changing the meta yes which links into the last segment beautifully and this is exactly the kind of thing I would love to see more of in Blood Bowl just see I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be more there and seems will. to be a lot more love over the last six months either. every spike new star players yeah and that is exactly the kind of you know propulsion of the Blood Bowl setting I think is great for the game because mm. you're like, sitting there you're going oh I didn't, didn't even think about this guy I've never no. seen him before I didn't really know he existed you're going to find players yeah and that changes things.
0: And when they release that halfling team, be
1: oh. interesting to see what they come out with. Absolutely, I'm hoping for extra positionals. So Absolutely. that is everything on star players. That's everything for today's episode. Thanks very much, everybody. And remember, two heads aren't always better than one.